Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz-Tyson is available for Monday, the 7th of February, 2022 with me, Daniel Ruiz-Tyson, episode 372. Good riddance to January. That's all I can say. Hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. 0904 hours, another early record. And I'm hoping, I got really lucky last week. As soon as I actually finished recording, I kid you not, the roadworks outside started. I don't know why they didn't start until 1000 hours, but uh, I was certainly thankful for that. And they haven't started yet, but I'm assuming that they will start by 10. So I've really got to get this show out very quickly again. I'm not sure how long these roadworks are going to be taking. The bus stop across the road is closed. They've got diggers there. They've got this porter cabin, very fancy porter cabin, sort of minty colour that actually looks like a new shop. And it's got a little window that they open. It's like a kiosk. It's like they're selling stuff. I had an aunt in Spain who had a kiosk. Originally, it was a wooden kiosk. And I think in the summer of 85 or 87... Our holiday there that summer coincided with a new, it might have been aluminium, or as the Americans say, aluminum, aluminum. That's not even an American accent. And as you know, I can do one having spent 12 years on Kid Cop. It's early. The accents are beyond me right now. Uh, Weather-wise, coldish in South London, not as cold as the weekend was. I'm breaking my vocal fast talking to you, by the way. It was a, a quiet weekend and I, up until now, I clocked 65 hours without speaking to anyone. Child's play, really, for someone like me. I mean, in the last year, I think I've gone over 100 hours on one occasion. Not healthy. And certainly, uh, as I tweeted, long is the weekend without any heating. I really went big on the heat rationing at the weekend, put lots of layers on, and uh, it was just cold, you know. And this flat, you know, more leaking in the back of the flat. Very lucky it's actually been a very dry winter. If it had been as wet as last winter, you know, the back of the flat would have just been in trouble. I'm trying not to get stressed out by it. I can't do any more, you know. I've been t- trying to fix it for years, and these are the things that uh, bring you down uh, so weather-wise, yeah, it feels it doesn't feel as cold as last week. I did struggle just with the running last week. It's so cold. It's so difficult to catch your breath. I'm feeling a little, uh, a little slow, and I think it might be down to transitioning between a couple of meds, having to wean myself off one. And today I come, uh, I come off it. Even I come off it completely. And uh, maybe that's why my body feels a bit funny today. I won't underestimate this. I won't underestimate the impact of um, coming off prescription drugs, having been through what I went through in Christmas 2020, you know, trying to, uh, it did sound a bit American to me when the counsellor said it, hardline it without any medications. I mean, that was a real meltdown. 
So the reason for dropping one of these pills is that I now have to take another one and I just don't want to be taking as much as I'm taking. I'm hoping that all of this doesn't take uh, doesn't mean that I return to being this kind of anxiety-ridden character because that is the reason that I'm it's probably the clincher behind me returning to stand up is that having no fight or flight in me at the moment I wonder if I can finally conquer my stage fright and that is something I've been curious about for a long time on these pills and it might be a positive of being on the medication I've been on that it will allow me to get through gigs we'll soon find out or rather I will made the mistake last week why the reason I've been heat rationing of course I know like most people that we're you know heading towards if not already there an energy crisis and I was listening to the opening hour of uh, LBC it might have been Tuesday evening with Tom Swarbrick who remains the guy behind my favorite ever podcast which is going back to 2015 uh, looking for Vishal well no what happened to Vishal is such a long time ago now that I can't remember the title of the show but it's uh, just such a poignant and beautiful show and uh, his Monday to Thursday night show I really enjoy I mean he's um, he is a Tory but uh, I just think he's uh, he's a very good presenter I like the way he frames his arguments I'm wondering, is that the drilling? No, that might be a motorbike on the road. There's a big build-up of traffic at the moment. It's as if the pandemic never happened. Plus, with the roadworks now, there's just a massive build-up of traffic every morning around this time. So Tom Swarbrick started talking about the energy crisis and the fact that the following day was going to see confirmation of our new bills. And I couldn't turn the radio off. It was gripping to listen to, but my palpitations started again. I still haven't been called in by the hospital for my palpitations. I've had a couple of good days palpitation-wise, maybe even I think the whole weekend, in fact, which was a a very slow weekend, lots of resting, lots of reading, lots of napping, napping um, to the extent that I didn't wake up until 1,400 hours on Saturday, which was just a waste of an afternoon. And again, really, I should have gone out, but um, just trying to do the usual thing, as most writers do do is uh, you know I try to stay in and save money when I can but I just thought I can't do this again and uh, I mentioned it to uh, Mickey Boyd let's just uh, give the 48 inch chested man is it 48 inches or 44 I can't remember I'm sure he'll correct us on uh, Twitter later But let's just give him a couple of seconds to pull over and uh, absorb the latest mention on the show. That's long enough for the egomaniac. But uh, he told me, look, don't listen to shows like that because they're going to stress you out. They stress me out. Don't listen to them. That's that's what they're going to do to you. So I took his advice uh, for the most part. Later on that uh, week, stand-up gigs got quite a few five-minute spots. They start next week. I'm rehearsing every evening here. You know, I'm always I find it useful to rehearse at the time I'm likely to be going to a gig at the end of a you know a long day. So I just think that makes uh, sense. Doing between an hour and two every evening, and I've now nailed down the whole set. I've just got to time it. It shouldn't be over five minutes, or it might be. But then, which is why this week is going to be given over to timing it and making sure I I make any cuts that I need to. 
there are times I might have said this last week, given the road is so busy that when uh, the inevitable police car whizzes past a building and I'm rehearsing, I just lose my thread. So it does worry me a bit that I can be easily distracted. It's not easy for me to remember stuff, but I'm hopeful and I've got, I think, maybe nine or ten gigs at the moment. You can find them listed at com under gigs. I also had to set up this uh, Facebook page, a personal page for the first time in 10 years, DRT Comedy. That's the page and that will also list uh, all the gigs. To be fair, it's very useful for getting gigs. It's the easiest way to get gigs. So I knew at some point if I was serious about uh, returning to stand-up, I was going to have to take the plunge and get back onto Facebook. But it is an absolute pain. It is very useful. I've tried to find gigs on Reddit. I don't really know how to use Reddit. And I've put call-outs on the DRT comedy page for anyone who might be able to link me to some stand-up pages on Reddit for the London area. But no one came through. Mind you, I don't have many contacts on there uh, at this stage so yeah at the moment this is the easiest way to to get gigs i'm still playing around with the notification settings because you end up getting just bombarded with with stuff and uh, you know messenger as as well Uh, the spamming is a real problem from people i I don't know and they tend to be guys in third world countries I, i kid you not i'm not saying this to you know for comedic purposes that is the problem And I've only had the account maybe for nine or 10 days, and I've already had to block over 300 people, mainly guys, as I say, from third world countries. I don't know what's going on there, but it's just an absolute pain and takes up a lot of time. I did go into the privacy settings because I thought I have to stop this. This is just ridiculous. Went into the privacy settings and I thought, okay, the thing to do here, and you've got to remember, I'm not a Facebook user, so I don't really know how these things work. I thought, well, it makes sense. Just uh, tweak the privacy settings to friends of friends. And then, of course, I didn't realize for a couple of days that what happens with that is that unless a person trying to request you on Facebook is a contact of someone else already on your page, they can't uh, request to be friends with you. It's such infantile stuff, friends. So I had to reset the settings to just anyone can request to be added. And that means I'm having to deal with all this uh, spamming again. Just had a moment there where I am. I'm not feeling well. I did an LFT test yesterday. That was okay. Um, so I don't know if it's just a, a bit of a bug or, you know, a, a change of meds. I don't know. The The problem, of course, with these stand-up gigs, and they are only five-minute spots at the time, is that you have to bring someone. I think th- they weren't called bringers when I was doing this, you know, in the uh, early 2010s. They're now called bringers and of course I'm, I'm struggling you know I don't have much of a social circle I'm trying to rebuild that side of things and of course uh, I'm not going to be able to get a gig if I can't come along with someone I think there are one or two gigs I'm doing where I don't have to bring anyone there are one or two gigs where I might have overreached and be doing them earlier than I should really but uh, my big concern right now is uh, struggling for bringers I think I've got three people coming for three gigs and there's nine or ten I think to do so I've got some you know well I've got my work cut out really to to try and find someone and of course these are also going to be very expensive nights I hope I'm doing the right thing I think I am I think I need to do it I need to scratch this itch my mood on Friday uh, Friday even 
uh, Friday night wasn't helped by uh, a rejection from an agent. And, you know, as a writer, this is a big part of writing. It's uh, you've just got to learn how to bounce back from these. And, and I can and I do all the time. But what irritated me about this was it was another rejection on a Friday, you know, Friday evening. This is when it seems agents just... Uh, they set aside the Friday afternoon, early evening to get back to potential clients and send through those rejections, which I think is a bit naughty because you've got to try and have some respect for the writer at the end of the email. You know, their life is hard enough and you're just making their weekend. Their mood is going to collapse when they get that email on a Friday evening. You don't need to send that email at the weekend. Send it on Monday morning. I mean, ideally, as I was tweeting on Friday, you would only get agents' rejections on, you know, from Tuesdays to Thursdays, three days. That's enough. You don't really want to start your week with a rejection, but starting it with a rejection is better than ending it with a rejection. And they just fire off these emails on a Friday evening with no thought for how it might feel on a personal level you know i've got no problem with the rejection on a professional level but on a personal level sending that email on a friday you know it's not good if i was a literary agent and and people like me should be literary agents that's what i would do tuesdays to thursdays send the rejections then the email itself had the potential to be useful with the agent saying they didn't feel the idea was quite there yet. Okay, I'm I'm listening. Tell me what I need to do or what you feel I need to do. But there was nothing. They didn't expand on that. So I've asked I've asked them to see if they can expand on that because then I can turn that email into a positive and work on it. In hot water bottle news, I have replaced my hot water bottle now. You know, I won't be turning that electric uh, electric blanket even. Can't speak today. Won't be turning that electric blanket on probably for the next five years, next five winters. Uh, my aunt, I, I went to Tesco's on Acre uh, Lane, SW9, one of my least favourite roads, but that's a good Tesco store there. Decent size, what a supermarket used to be. Doesn't You know, you don't need to be walking around forever like you're about to catch a flight. These massive supermarkets there. I don't know, the Nine Elms Monster, it's never even that busy. Sundays is its busiest day. It's just so strange to be walking around such a huge vast space uh yes i went to tesco's no hot water bottles there despite the website saying they did hot water bottles so my aunt it turned out had a spare one and my little pony one which she gave to me so i'm now using that i've got so much toggage on the bed it's so hard to lift it and you just sometimes feel like you're pulling pulling a muscle hoisting 60 toggage of bedding during the night and i did have another bad night's sleep i really couldn't get to sleep properly and I've lost my thread again. Oh, that's it. I was about to tell you, I, you know, my back is aching today. So I'm, I'm moaning a lot. My back is aching, but I can put that down to, I think, playing two games of Star Wars football on the Saturday when the early Silver Age kicked off in, when was it? Uh, summer of 2019, I would play two or three games each day. I was so excited about reviving the league and I realised very quickly that that would damage the back. It would cause the back to ache. So I've really largely just played a game every evening. But uh, Saturday, keen to finish the league, more of which later I played two games and I, I could feel the back overnight and I'm still feeling it a bit today. So I was doing some uh, stretching. But where was I? OK, I've covered the stand-up. Yes. Uh, anyway, add yourself uh, if you if you want to look at the gigs. Uh, you'll find them on the Facebook page, DRT Comedy and uh, DanielRuizTyson.com under... 
gigs. Today's plan, um, go for a run, go to the cafe. I've got a free coffee due today, so I'm going to have three lattes. Need to work out what my plan is going to be once I'm in there at the moment. I mean, I've hit, I'm hitting my targets really well at the start of this year creatively, but it may be at the moment, I, I just it just seems a bit bitty at the moment, the, the stages of the various projects. So I need to have a real think about what I'm going to do this afternoon got my glasses my distance glasses to collect from spec savers i'd gone in there last week early last week they still didn't have them they said rest assured we'll call you friday no one had called i called them oh yes we've got them well why didn't you call me so i've got to go in today and collect them it's okay it's on my way to the the cafe and i uh, bought you know the ones the new ones i've already got because it was two i was picking up the frames aren't uh, great but you know on a budget writer and all that you know they're doing the job hopefully they sort out the eyes got a run as well lunchtime run my running last week wasn't very good i think mainly because of the cold and then on friday i was running a bit late and i had a lot to do and I was exchanging uh, voice notes with a man whose name was mentioned earlier. And I mentioned I wasn't really looking forward to the run because it was so cold. And he just said, look, just do a quick run. You know, just just do uh, one lap. So I actually did two half laps, just a 16-minute run, 3K. Felt a bit lazy on it. And sometimes, actually, when it's just a 3K run, I do struggle with it. I, I It's always hard for me to get into the groove when I'm running. But obviously, it's less brutal than doing my usual run where I've you know where I'm started by climbing up the hill as I as I will be doing again today climbing up the hill and then when that hill evens itself out the first uh, well the next thing that happens is I just get hit by the smell of weed from one of the local estates so it's always a very challenging start to my run but I'll be out there hopefully by midday and uh, I can make an early start in the cafe today. If I can be there, I'm looking at it. If I can be there by 2, that looks optimistic. If I can be there by 2.30, hopefully that is realistic, and uh, hopefully I can get a 6K under my belt today. On the books front, reading a couple of books at the moment, The Burning House by Neil Spring, my third Neil Spring book. I've read uh, a couple which were based on Harry Price, The Ghost Hunter. This one, I'll give you the blurb for it, started it last night couple of reviews brim in with suspense and ghostly apparition springs scorching thriller moves at a cracking pace and has a stunning twist in its devil devil's tale that's from the lancashire evening post it's one of those uh covers again that i'm not keen on i was reading some stuff on illustration in my writers and artists uh yearbook first time i've actually bought one way before the year starts the 2022 edition and it does make a mention how the book market has shrunk for illustrators that uh, things like thrillers and romantic books they all tend to have photographs now images on, on on the front rather than illustrations which is disappointing i don't think you can beat an illustrated front cover don't expect to breathe easily until the last page has turned says uh, pendle today well i won't be breathing easily until i finish the book it's a library book no telling what is on those pages sometimes when i'm in bed reading a library book with my latex gloves on and i've got my little lamp shining onto the pages i see the odd hair on a page and i just think i've got to be really careful here because if that hair lands on the bed i'm stripping the bed and i don't think that hair looks like one of my hairs okay the blurb for the book bolsky uh cocked it up right away Bolskine House or Bolskine House 
on the shores of Loch Ness has remained empty for years. Its dark history and rumours of hauntings and worse have scared all prospective buyers away. But estate agent Clara desperately needs to make this sale if she is to keep her job and stay one step ahead of her abusive husband. Maybe an innocent fire will force the price down. Then the perfect crime turns into the perfect nightmare. There was a witness to the fire, a stranger in the village, and he's not going to let Clara get away with her victimless crime that easily. Yeah... Uh, I'm about 30 pages into it. It's okay. And uh, yeah, the other books that I've read of Neil Springs are The Ghost Hunters and The Lost Village. The Lost Village being the sequel to Ghost Hunters. The second book I'm really uh, enjoying, Sherlock Holmes Pastiche, another one, uh, the second of Nicholas Meyer's uh, quintet of Sherlock Holmes books. This one's called The West End horror and the book is in a somewhat horrific condition having bought it on eBay for a couple of quid. So again, the gloves are on for that. Uh, the blurb as authentically irresistibly gripping as anything I think that was a hard swallow there by the way 0927 might have been the first one I've been doing okay today as authentically irresistibly gripping as anything Conan Doyle ever wrote don't miss it Cosmopolitan March 1895 oh sorry that was from Cosmopolitan I didn't separate the blurb from that review March 1895 London a month of strange happenings in the West End first there is the bizarre murder of theatre critic Jonathan McCarthy then the lawsuit against the Marquess of Queensbury for libel the public is scandalised next the ingenue again I should have uh, spoken to Mr. M.A.B. We'll give him his initials this time on how to pronounce that. He's an expert, of course, with French words. Next, the ingenue. Why don't I just pause this and check the pronunciation? Let's just move on. At the Savoy is discovered with her throat slashed and a police surgeon disappears, taking two corpses with him. Some of the theatres... Some of the theatre district's most fashionable and creative luminaries have been involved. I think I'm going to have to take a couple of... Uh... What have I got? Neurofen. I think so. If I'm going to get through this... Uh, creative luminaries have been involved a penniless stage critic and writer named Bernard Shaw Ellen Terry the gifted and beautiful actress a suspicious box office clerk named Bram Stoker an aging matinee idol Henry Irving an unscrupulous publisher calling himself Frank Harris and a controversial wit by the name of Oscar Wilde Scotland Yard is mystified by what appear to be unrelated cases but to Sherlock Alright, I'm going to pause this, I think, and take a couple of uh, pills once I finish this bit. But to Sherlock Holmes, the matter is elementary. A maniac is on the loose. His name is Jack. You're listening to Daniel Ruiz. Tyson is available. Why? I didn't even realise I had my headphones on. Let me just take this off. The idea is not to have the headphones on. You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607westeggfacebook.com forward slash DRT available, danielruiztyson.com. There is, of course, the Patreon page that keeps this show alive, losing quite a few patrons at the minute. The When Shorts Were Shorts one is a disaster as well. The Patreon page for this one is patreon.com forward slash DRT available. Appreciate those of you who continue to support the podcast. You know, we creators, we need to pay rent and bills too. And this work takes time. We're no different to the average uh, person other than maybe we're self-absorbed, I suppose. You can also support the work via PayPal and Kofi.com. I actually finally checked the pronunciation on YouTube and have almost uh, forgotten it there, but it's Kofi, according to this American site, that uh, American channel that I watched on uh, YouTube. There are links to my website for uh, PayPal links and Kofi.com links on my website. Just wondering if the... Uh, 
roadworks are about to start. Well, at least I'm halfway through the show or more. Uh, perhaps just looking at my notes here. Do please also rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Obviously, Apple Podcasts, that's the kingmaker of uh, podcasts, uh, podcast platforms. But I know that you can now leave reviews on Spotify, for instance. So again, patron page, patreon.com forward slash DRT available. And a Howard Hughes shout out to Amanda. Thank you for your support, Amanda. Okay, some uh, Nectar Points news. Not much. Let me just uh, knock the lights on here. Actually forgot to take uh, take the pills. I'll just record this, take the pills afterwards. Okay, opening. Uh, do you need to know all this stuff? I don't know. Right, opening balance going into Friday's shot. Friday the 4th of February, opening balance was 174 points. I think I had a coupon to use here, one of those three times your Nectar Points coupons. And again, not the best use of them because this was only a, a small purchase. Bought some floor wipes, uh, hauls, sugar-free lozenges, down to my last pack at the moment. Super drugs have run out of them, so I'm having to pay over the odds in Sainsbury's. Meantime, the local pharmacy in uh, Stockwell, they sell their Hall's lozenges for 75p. I don't know why you would give these small shops, you know, why you would pay their huge markups on these uh, products. Bought uh, some bananas. I think it was five. Again, from separate bunches. Broke the families up. Uh, Some mouthwash. Uh, Everything came to 299 hard swallow there 0933 299 previous points balance 174 points earned two bonus points earned four new points balance 180 points worth 90p not going to be doing much with that uh some quick news from Lidl they're now bagging up their bananas which is a positive and a negative it's a positive in that for some reason the banana is just treated scandalously, I think, by customers. You know, they're rummaging around, overhandling bananas, snapping them off bunches, as I do. But, you know, I am I limit my handling of bananas. You know, I'm very careful and I tend to look, on, you know, right at the bottom of the pile. But now littles are bagging up their bananas so hygienically and in a pandemic, that might be a good idea. But in terms of uh, the environment, just bringing in more plastic into the store. That doesn't really make sense to me. Uh, A quick mention for B.B. Lynch's new show, The Madcap Presenter, The London Exile, now in Hove these days. She launches her new podcast this Thursday, the 10th of February, and the show is called Let's Get Frank, and it's about BB's entertaining quest to find a new man mixing the expert dating advice of Bell Knight with audio of BB's screen date. So is she doing them online? I'm not sure. Oh, and here we here we go. Here's, here's the crux of the show. There is a catch. Her new man must be called Frank. And that worries me a little as I tweeted her on Thursday or Friday night. The name Frank has suffered a massive fall in popularity over the last 20 years, 20, 30 years. So it's likely that... The Franks she's going to find are going to be maybe in their late 50s, early 60s, you know, live a spotted dating scene. Maybe that's what the show is about. Either way, it's available from all podcast platforms from this Thursday, the 10th of February. And do follow uh, BB on Twitter at BB Lynch. 
Right, uh, let's give you this week's Star Wars football results. A massive week. Just, uh, I think it's just three games left now in the season is over so i gave you the week 13 tables it there was a chance it was going to come down to goal difference i'll remind you of uh, the standings going into the final game uh, every team had played uh, 13 games Bespin were top still unbeaten they're on 23 points plus eight tatween the reigning champions looking for a third consecutive title they were on 20 points plus Five goal difference after beating Empire 3-0. They were closing down on Bespin. Alderaan with third plus four goal difference, also on 20 points. Death Star also fourth, 20 points plus three goal difference. Empire, uh, their Champions League hopes were uh, almost over. They were on 17 points, minus one. X-Wing, sixth place, 16 points, minus one. Rebels. Uh, X-Wing by then could no longer qualify for the Champions League uh, uh, Rebels uh, even the four times champions they're in seventh place minus nine Hoth bottom can only finish bottom with no wins going into the penultimate game they're on six points minus six so the final games of the season saw Hoth travel to Empire remember every game the final day of the season this season it's never happened before they're all derbies Hoth travel to Empire and beat Empire 3-2. They got their first win in the final minute of a thrilling derby match. And uh, although they still bottom, at least they finally won a game. They didn't uh, become the first team to go an entire season without winning a game. Goals from Squidhead, Lando and Substitute Broomface, giving them a goal, uh, giving them the win, the three points. And although it has been a really poor season for Hoth in the last few weeks. Their form did pick up and there have been encouraging performances from youngsters Tizer and Lom who returned after a couple of seasons at uh, Rebels and with Bespin Luke, the Tatooine skipper, set to return to Hoth next season as their player manager, the game's first ever player manager. Uh, I think there's reason for Hoth to be optimistic. Empire, meantime, it looks like they're going to have to break up their side it just doesn't look like it has another title in them meantime in the next derby x-wing uh their best chance to get well their only chance of getting into europe next season is going to be via the fa cup which would take them into the europa league they lost 2-1 to alderaan alderaan were completely dominant very attacking uh goals from b-wing and uh leia leia scored the first then b-wing and then there was uh, a goal in the second half from IG88 for X-Wing. Are the X-Wing fans saying bye to Chirper, the Chief Chirper, the Ewok, being linked with a move to Hoth? He's had a brilliant second half of the season, I have to say. But uh, Alderaan, yeah, B-Wing fight. I think B-Wing has now scored something like uh, six or seven league goals this season in the last few games uh, as the season ends. But he's looked like he's finally proven himself as the striker that Alderaan do need. I don't know what it is about Alderaan, but... They are the team probably with the worst record of bringing in players from other clubs. Just so many players fail at Alderaan. I'm not sure why that is. And these are often the things, for example, on the runs, what I'm thinking about right now is the transfer deals at a Silver Age Season 7. I put a lot of thought into it. I don't want to unbalance the teams. Meantime, Tatooine in second place, they travelled to Rebels where they'd lost their hold on the FA Cup earlier this season and they comfortably put Rebels to the sword 3-0 to although they missed another penalty as they had against Empire, which could have been uh, crucial if it had come down to goal difference. But they did finish that game, then level on goal difference and points with Bespin. In fact, 
I think, yeah. What have I done here? Shouldn't rest the uh, the league results pad on the keyboard. I think Tatooine might have gone. Yeah, they did go top briefly going into that final game. Although both they and Besbin had eight points, Tatooine by dint of scoring 16 goals to Besbin's 14. Tatooine were finally top on that last day of the season, reminiscent of uh, Empire doing the same thing last season. But uh, Tatooine and Alderaan, they needed uh, Death Star, who'd only lost once in 14 games to do them a favour by beating Besbin. For Death Star, the league title had looked a possibility, but then Tatooine and Alderaan racking up all those goals, particularly Tatooine, it just it made their task very unrealistic. They had to not only beat a team that's been unbeaten in the league all season, they had to beat them by five goals. Besbin took an early lead through Bosk. His 21st goal of the season beats his personal best of uh, 20 in Silver Age Season 3 when Besbin first won the title. And a brilliant goal from Endor Leia, man of the match, although she's being linked, woman of the match rather, or person of the match. She's being linked with a move uh, to Empire with Luke Skywalker coming the opposite way. She has been inconsistent this season, but uh, she's, her form has picked up recently. And Skiff Lando got, uh, I think, his fourth goal of the season from midfield in the final minute to give Bespin a very comfortable 3-0 win, handing Death Star, who played the Europa League final against Yavin 4 on Wednesday, handing Death Star only their second defeat in 15 games. And Bespin, therefore, are champions and the first team to go through a uh, complete league season, uh, the 14-game format. First team to go through a complete season unbeaten in the league. So all the teams have played 14 points. Let me give you the final table. Besbin, uh, plus 11 goal difference, points 26. Tatooine, second points 23, plus 8 goal difference. Alderaan, uh, 23 points, plus 5 goal difference. Death Star, they qualify for the Europa League. They also, as I say, they're, they're in the Europa League final on Wednesday. So either way, they're in the Europa League next season. And that is it. That's the European places, except for the FA Cup, which I'll come to in a moment. Death Star finished the season fourth on 20 points, zero goal difference. Empire in fifth, they miss out on Europe, minus two goal difference, 17 points. X-Wing, 16 points, minus two goal difference. Rebels, 12 points, minus 12 goal difference. And Hoth, who only conceded 12 goals, again, a very miserly defence. But uh, they finish on nine points minus five goal difference. And of course, the FA Cup final is either tonight or tomorrow night, depending how I feel. And that's between X-Wing and Rebels. X-Wing will be warm favourites for that. And the winner will get into the Europa League. So it's uh, been a good uh, hard swallow nine, 44 hours. It's been a a decent season. I think teams have realised that... In the early weeks of the Ada side change, they were quite cautious. Teams like Death Star probably paid a price for that. But depending on what they do with their squad next season, they could, in the newly expanded league, remember to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Star Wars football. The league is expanding to 10 teams next season. And uh, Death Star will be looking uh, maybe at what they can do with their squad. Who who needs to leave? Who who should stay? But I don't think they need to make too many changes this time. Let's head to the cafe now as we wrap up this week's show. Last Monday, uh, might have been due a free coffee then, I'm not sure. But Mr. 
Mr. Tricolor, he was behind the bar again, and I was a little disappointed, as I always am, when my opening coffee turned out to be a tricolor. So I tried to stagger the rest of my uh, coffees that afternoon, and I do think I managed to get a, a couple of coffees, one from Seb K and one from the Illustrated Man, which were of the quality that I require. Uh, Tuesday, I didn't make it to the Tuesday cafe, so that was a really long day again, though I did venture out to the local high street. Uh, actually, let me just tell you on that. This is something I wanted to just mention. I was thinking about this last week, and I thought I might talk about that on 372. So I wasn't going to the Tuesday Cafe, but I was going to the high street to pick up my favourite yoghurt, which is uh, there's a deal offered there locally, which is much cheaper than Sainsbury's. And I lived on that high street for just under a year, going back to 2000, 2001. You know, I'd moved to that area six months after my mum had passed away. And every time that I head south of the shops that way, which isn't that often, it's becoming more frequent now. But I always pass the flat I lived in and I always look up to that particular window. And, you know, we'd moved out of there, my old flatmate and I, because uh, we had a break-in. I've talked about that before. And, you know, I found the intruder. It was an overnight break-in. I, I didn't think those things happened anymore, except maybe in, you know, episodes of Starskin Hutch. Uh, I thought it was a 70s thing. But no, cat burglars were still around going into the new millennium. And anyway, I'm, I'm passing this flat and I look up at the window and it's above a pizza shop. And I just realized that as difficult as life is now, as, as trying as it is for me and as quiet as it is for me, and as much as I've hated getting old, I couldn't go back to 2000, 2001, even if it meant being 20 years younger. I just couldn't do it because that period where I was grieving so intensely for my mum, the, the only way I got through it, and I have to thank family and friends for their help, you never forget that. And, and that, of course, did help. But the manner of losing my mum in such a way, of finding her as I did, of having to carry that for the rest of my life, which was, I think, cruel of fate to do that to me. But the only way I was able to get through through it was simply because it was new to me. You know, I was going through it blind. I had no idea what grieving was. I didn't, you know, I'd go into each day not understanding what was happening to me. And prior to that, it had been limited to losing distant uncles and a distant grandmother and really seeing the impact of those losses on my parents. But for myself, you know, that was my first experience. And if I'd known that it was going to be as tough as that, the first two years were awful. The first four years were bad, but the first two years were so intense on a day-to-day basis. And if I'd known what the grieving entailed, I wouldn't have got through it because it was killing me every day. And... I remember that two and a half years later, when my dad passed, I I had a moment. I'd I'd found his phone that I'd given him for his birthday, and my text had come through it asking him to get in touch. We were all worried about him. He'd been gone already then, I think a week or two. And I found the phone in his flat when we were clearing it out. I turned the phone on, the message came through, and all the pain I'd felt when I lost my mum, that all came through again. It all surfaced again. And I remember... I told myself it was it didn't last for more than five minutes. I shut it down ruthlessly. I told myself there and then I could not and would not go through what I went through with my mum. I wouldn't go through with it again with my dad. You know, and I did that with subsequent friends who passed away quite young, a couple of friends who I lost at uh, relatively young, well, very young ages. Um, I did the same thing with them. But yeah, that was... Anyway, that's what I was thinking that that that's what uh i was thinking as i walked up the high street last week 
I just uh, I couldn't go back to that time. It's weird walking past someone you remember vividly being there 20 years ago and you and you do think, where has the time gone? You know, so much has happened. So many people have come in and out of my life since I lived here. But as much as, yeah, as much as I'm not enjoying getting old, getting old alone, I couldn't go back 20 years if it meant going through all that again. Absolutely no way. Anyway, uh, let's get back into the cafe. There wasn't much action last week, I have to say, but uh, more more action on maybe on, on the way home from the cafe, such as uh, this was Wednesday the 2nd. I berated myself on my bus journey home for finding myself glancing through the bus window, upper deck, of course, struggling as usual with South London's signature smells of chicken and weed. I don't know why those uh, smells aren't just sponsored by TFL. And I was just peering out the window a couple of stops away from home and I unintentionally glanced at a dwarf and they looked up at me, glared back, probably thought I was another guy gawping at them. I genuinely wasn't, but I did kick myself for accidentally looking at them. Back in the cafe... Uh, hard swallow 950 hours uh, back in the cafe worth mentioning the beard is a very good beard right now very well trimmed not too big he's had very big beards in the past but uh, thick enough uh, maybe he's just not allowed to have a big beard as he used to in case you know you get uh... oh, God, there's a loud at least it wasn't a police car um Yes, where was I? Yes, maybe he's not allowed to have a huge beard as he has in the past in case some of those hairs drop onto the surface of a coffee. Anyway, it's a beard, the kind that I can't grow, that I wish I could grow. Always fascinated by a man's ability to change his face if he's got great beard growth, if there is reincarnation. I want to come back as the kind of guy who can grow that thick beard, but I don't want to be the guy. I never want to be the guy who, you know, when he shaves in the morning by midday, he's got that, you know, four o'clock shadow whatever it is, three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock, whatever, you know, that kind of two-tone face, Fred Flintstone face. I don't want to be that guy. The beard was happy anyway, sporting Lisbon. His team had won the Portuguese League Cup, so he had a bit of a, there was some buoyancy to him. Friday the 4th of February in the cafe cubicle, 16, 14 hours, hygiene fail of the week for me. I took a leak as I turned around to open the door. I felt the back of my left calf brush against the bowl. And I made a mental note to uh, wash those uh, black jeans when I got home. It was as I turned to open the door that I felt that. And it's very tight in there. It's not an easy thing to do. But, uh, you know, I've gone in there so many times over the last 20, 21 years. I'm, I'm, I'm an expert and really I shouldn't be making such errors this late in the day. Meantime, Daffy Duck, the Portuguese woman with a Daffy Duck voice in her late 70s now. She's had some cosmetic work done recently, eyes, teeth. A popular regular, despite the voice, uh, but she wrecked the lose on Friday at 16.40 hours and there was a trust affair in with his partner and infant child having a meal by the wafting swing saloon doors. They had no idea what they'd let themselves in for and their meal was utterly destroyed by Daffy Duck. There's no windows in the cubicles. What she did in there had nowhere to go. It could only travel back into the cafe, creeping under and through the wafting swing saloon doors. And, oh, there you go. Sound of South London right at the end, 09.52 hours. What was the point of that? Anyway, as I was saying, see what I mean? Those police cars just throw me all the time. What Daffy Duck did in that cubicle could only travel back into the cafe. An absence of windows. It can only come in one way, through the wafting swing saloon doors. 
enveloped everyone in the cafe and you'd have thought that after the carnage she'd have kept a low profile but she came out after 20 minutes with that loud irritating rasping voice and carried on as if nothing had happened even ordering a pastry as all around her people abandoned their meals when people do that in the cafe as they step out from the loose I would shine a huge searchlight on them and keep it on them as they remain at their table, only turning that searchlight off until we can all breathe through our noses again. That's how I'd play those kind of toilet wreckages. And on that note, that lavatorial note, there's the voice going, that is it. That is the end of this week's show. Now it's time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. I'm Daniel Ruiz-Tyson and this start of the week, I have been available. 